Hey friends, and welcome back to the Above Board Podcast. You've got me, John Kennedy, your second favorite CFP behind Matt Marcoux, obviously. But it's only me today on this conversation. In fact, Matt and I had such a a good response to the fudget or budget discussion we did earlier this month that I wanted to revisit that with a bit of a abridged and adapted version. I wanted to give you some quick hits of rules and ideas that I like to live by and that I think client the clients that we work with like to live by to make sure that their budgeting is a success. That prior conversation Matt and I had, if you want to check that out, you certainly can. That conversation was in regards to how he and I, how like our viewpoints on how we do budgeting in our own households. So this one's going to be a little bit different, like I said, an adapted version. And you're probably expecting me to talk about things like an emergency fund. I'm not going to do that. I expect and hope that you know that already. If you need to learn more about that, go back to that podcast. But of course, an emergency fund, you should have three to six months of your expenses, at least inside of that account. But moving beyond that, these are some quick hit things to know about. The first one is to use the cash envelope system. Psych, I'm just kidding. It's 2024. You can't do that. That's pretty difficult. That method really did work very well for a lot of years. But in this cashless transaction world that we seem to live in, I find that to be very difficult and impractical to do. What I do think is important and what rule number one should be is creating a physical physical separation of your fixed expenses and your flexible or variable expenses. So your fixed expenses look like your rent, your utility bills, you know, the things that you know within a very tight range, they're not going to fluctuate in value, are going to come in month in and month out. And then your variable expenses look like gas or grocery. You know they're going to come up, but they're going to vary a lot month to month depending on what you do in that month. Creating a physical separation of those two allows you to be much more aware of what your flexible expenses are. And those are the ones that for most people that they can kind of have this varying degree of control over and when they talk, when we all talk about applying a budget, like that's what we're trying to do is reduce and control those costs. Yeah, maybe you identify ways to reduce your fixed expenses, but those are like low hanging fruit. Once you move past those, you know, like that might be like in my house, cutting Spotify or some of the subscription services. Those are low hanging fruit to identify and move on from. But your flexible expenses, that's where winning in the margins and budgeting really helps. Creating a physical separation. This could look like a lot of ways. You could have two separate checking accounts where you make sure that those expenses go on. You could have your checking account where you put all of your fixed expenses on and then your flexible or variable expenses go on a credit card. I don't care how you do it, but I think it's very important to divide those expenses out so you can see them separately. The next one, the second rule, is going to be planning for those future one-off expenses. Now, it sounds obvious. So like it could be planning for a strategically you know, planned thing like a vacation that you know is coming up in the next year. But this could also be one-off scenarios like a car repair. Like I bet you're not planning to have your car break down and require, you know, money to fix your car. But you can also anticipate that like someday that's probably going to happen to you. So let's prepare for that. Let's have a separate, now this is a third account. So we've got your fixed, your flexible, and your future. Let's have a separate account where we're putting, we're squirreling some money away for those anticipated expenses. My third rule, avoiding the lifestyle creep. This is a big one. As your income goes up, we want to resist the temptation to increase your spending. It's so common where I see people do this. In fact, this is why the national savings rate is as low as it is. It's 4.1%. And it's that low because so many times people get 
a bonus or they get an income increase or they get a new job and those, that money, that new, those new dollars are spent before they've even come into the household. We want to avoid that. Now, how do we do that? Well, it's certainly easier said than done. I think everything in this shortened version of budgeting rules is easier said than done. But one of those is, I think my rule number four is going to be identifying your savings rate and then paying yourself first. Hey there, you're awesome for tuning into the show. Do you want bite-sized daily doses of above board content delivered straight to your Amazon Alexa? Subscribe to Canterpath 365 and enjoy our daily brief featuring market updates, relevant financial news, and mini clips from yours truly on this podcast, as well as Rich and Matt. Visit canterpath365.com to sign up. So identifying your savings rate. Let's just know what the number is. Take your total, you know, where you're saving money to. That could be your, uh, you know, a checking or a savings account rather, retirement at work, IRAs, extra to the mortgage, whatever it is. Add all those numbers up, divide it by your total income. That's going to spit out what your savings rate is. Let's create awareness around it. Not to be embarrassed by this number. Like, let's just understand what our savings rate is. Maybe you do that exercise and you go, oh, great. It's four to 5%. Like I'm in the range of the national average. That's not good. That's not what I wanted it to be. Well, it is what it is. Like it's maybe not what you wanted it to be, but it's still like that. It didn't, nothing really actually changed. You just now created a new level of awareness around the number. And even better now, when you say, hey, I want to go from four to 7%, I've identified that savings rate. When I get that bump in pay, I'm avoiding that lifestyle creep by saying, oh my gosh, you know, I got an extra 3% merit-based raise this year. I'm going to take that 3% and now I'm going to save it. And then you're going to pay yourself first. So number four is identify your savings rate and then begin to pay yourself first. And last but not least, and this one has worked very well, especially in my household, in a relationship. I think for anyone that has a relationship where there's a significant other, where you're making money decisions together, the 24-hour rule. Give yourself a moment to digest a big expense that you want to have in the household. And so this is a scalable number. This could be for some households, this could be anything over 500 and above. For other households, this could be anything over 50 to 100 bucks and above. We're going to take 24 hours. We're going to research it. We're going to sit on it for 24 hours and we're going to see if in a day from now we wake up and we feel the same about the level of importance of that purchase. And sometimes I find if it's an online purchase and you leave it sitting in the shopping cart for a day and you don't buy the thing, they actually send you a notification saying, hey, we noticed you didn't buy this. Like here's a 15% discount. So that that happens too. So there's also benefits to waiting 24 hours beyond just the ability to rationalize that decision and ensure it's the right one. The name of the game here is having these rules to live by. If you have trouble being a disciplined person, which I think a lot of us do have trouble with our financial discipline, there are just really easy rules and metrics that you can do where then you don't have to overthink it and sweat every small expense. I know like I can think back to years past when we're living on a tight budget and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I be going? I've been to Starbucks twice this week. I don't think I should go a third time. This is, you know, I'm already, you're sweating these little micro decisions in your day. And you know what? Like if you have these rules in place, you don't have to do that quite as much. It's kind of like dieting. Like I, 
I feel like I feel like dieting is a really good example because people will do a really good job for like a week or two and then they'll fall off the wagon after one bad meal. In my case, hypothetically speaking, a few weeks back after the super, you know, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, you know, ate some bad food, had a couple of drinks and then wake up going, I can't believe I made all these bad choices. Like I've been eating so healthy for months and it's easy to kind of like go negative there for a moment and feel like you've just that one bad choice has disrupted or ruined the days, weeks, or months of positive momentum and positive good choices that you've made. Let's not let that happen because the same thing can happen with budgeting and it doesn't need to. So again, just a quick recap of these five rules. Using some type of mechanism to separate your fixed and your variable expenses. Planning, just scrolling away a few dollars each month or whatever the number is for some, whatever those future expenses look like for you in your life. Avoiding the lifestyle creep identifying your savings target to pay yourself first, the 24-hour rule. Those are going to be my five key takeaways for budgeting. If you have any questions or you're looking for more information, this whole month actually of February has been budgeting and cash flow month on our social media. So we spent a lot of time sharing information and tidbits and how-tos and that type of thing. We love this stuff. So it's a lot of fun for us. And as promised, as always, you know, sometimes we do we get to do some financial and money driven topics on the above board podcast which we're coming at you with today and in the coming weeks we'll have the gang back together again where we'll have myself rich and matt all together on a podcast thank you all so much for hanging with us and for with me today on the above board podcast we'll see you next wednesday and have a great day bye